Manu Sui Four. It's the tenth of the tenth. How good is that? Tens, tens, tens across the board. Across the board. It is the tenth of October, twenty twenty-three. Just in case you forgot what year it was, so Manu and Evie here with the Tahi, a latest edition. This morning we had a very, very near brush with fame. With uh, importance, yeah, um, caliber, even uh, Chris Hopkins was here, but we didn't see him. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, he was in the same building. Apparently, he was upstairs. Yeah. All I know is when I turned up to work, I saw a bunch of cop cars outside, and I yeah. was like, "Uh oh, that's not good." And then I walked in, and I heard Chris Hopkins on the radio, and I was like, "Oh, he's here. He's in the building." But I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him either. I was very disappointed. I had, to, I had like two coffees, so I was in the bathroom. Missed mm. it. Missed the whole thing. Missed the whole thing. You know. You met. Another uh, electoral candidate the other week, didn't you? I did get stuck in the elevator with National Party leader Christopher Luxon. When you say stuck, just to clarify, the elevator didn't break down or anything. No, it like did that. for like a few. Like our elevator in this building, we're not going to get into it's it. It's very slow. We've, there's better ones in the world. It wasn't mm. working yesterday. Mm. You were working at home yesterday. Elevator wasn't working. Everyone had a whinge. Um, but I got in the elevator with all these important-looking Secret Service-esque people, and then um, Luxon was in there also, and I didn't really know what to do because it was like. We we were quite packed in. He was like right in my face, and I just kind of looked around. Um, and then the elevator stopped for for like five seconds, and I was just like, in my head, I'm like, this can't be real. Like, <laughs> I was like, this can't be a real thing that's happening to me. Mm. Like, this is crazy. But then it started working. I got out of floor early because I was, I was, I just, I'm not equipped to talk to important people. Yeah, like I'm yeah. just, I'm gonna say something dumb. Um, Harry would know a little bit about that of mm. getting in an elevator with a politician and saying the wrong thing um but that's a story for him to tell yeah you know yeah i um i think that's something we got to write is like which politicians would you like to get stuck in an elevator with yeah that's interesting yeah let's do it post-election post-election yeah yeah we'll wait until it's all done yeah (laughs) it's over this week (laughs) yeah we're so close dude all right if you haven't already voted don't forget you can vote right up until election day this saturday Uh, if you haven't enrolled to vote you still can you don't even need your easy card vote when you turn up at the voting place you can just turn up they can sort it out it takes 10 minutes man exercise your uh, fundamental human right to vote all right, very grateful to have it. Coming up on the show today, very illustrious guest. I'm very grateful to have joining me on the show. Uh, a pioneer of the hip-hop scene, a legend from Otsara, a man who I very much admire, the movement. He's going to be joining me later on for a little kōrero about just what he's been up to while he was here in Aotearoa and also maybe, possibly, some new music that he has on the way. Uh, what else do we have on the show today, Evie? We're talking about Drake's new album. Mm. He has... a. Uh, he has he did, was threatening it for a while, but he, he mm. has come through with that, and we're going to have a little chat about some of the amazing lyrics he's pulled out this time. As well as an incredible Northland mayor who has won an absolutely massive achievement in their career. Uh, we'll catch up with Waimiri Dungi later for that, but in the meantime, actually, let's talk about the Drake album. So, on Friday, late in the evening for an international release, or early in the morning for Americans, Aubrey Graham, also known as Drake, Drizzy, Rizzy, all right, released his latest album, For All The Dogs. Drake, in the lead up to this, a lot of the marketing was sort of around, oh, this is going to be Drake returning to the old Drake. Uh, I don't know what he meant by that. Because <laughs> it wasn't that. I feel like that was a big lie. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I laughed really hard that I actually leaned on my phone and started playing the Drake song. <laughs> it's my my beat. The album was like, I listened through it on Friday night and I was like, this sucks. And then I listened through <laughs> it again on Saturday and I was like, oh, there's a couple in there. And then Sunday it was growing a bit more on me and I was listening to it yesterday and today on the way to the studio and I thought, nah, you know what? It's not complete dog shit, but it's not, it's not great. I did it again. <laughs> I was just like looking at it to get information and now if I open my phone again it's just going to start playing. I want to clarify that I like Drake. I want Drake to make good music. I want to enjoy Drake. I I genuinely think that great Drake is a phenomenal hip hop artist and incredible lyricist. He's made some of the most important music over the last 10 years. I mean, um nobody can deny his credibility in the music scene. Um I mean the guy's like I think he's one number one off of like reaching Michael Jackson status in music wards. Um, so it's it's quite phenomenal. You can't deny this man's talent or his achievements. But I just haven't been loving Drake albums in its entirety since probably like Scorpion, which was 2018. I feel like everything after that slowly 
Dark Lane demo tapes had some good singles in there, but there were a few skips. Certified Love Boy was not a great album for me. Um, honestly, Nevermind was just a weird Drake album. Um, Her Loss with 21 Savage wasn't even really a 21 Savage like collab. It was just kind of, I don't know, like, and 21 really carried that. And then this one came along. For All the Dogs, it is interesting to say the least. For you. all the dogs, it's a huge name, though. He's got that dog in him. Mm. He thinks, though. I don't mm. think he has the dog in him. Mm. No. Um, but you think he's got some other stuff in him? I think I think that, like, I agree with you. Real contribution. Whatever. Drake, Drake, Drake. He's annoying, though. And his house is the ugliest house I've ever seen in my life. Remember that video made in his house dancing around? Had that weird TikTok song he tried to make? What was that one? Oh, that was a huge record. Yeah, but what was it? Tootsie Slide. Yeah. I love that song, dude. Good for I, you, girl. I heard that and was Good like, for you. this is going to be Drake's Hotline Bling again. This is the modern one. I watched it and I was just like, even DJ Khaled wouldn't do that. <laughs> that was my... <laughs> I like I like Drake in the sense that I find him really hilarious and occasionally love a song. Mm. And I have this theory that if Drake met me, he'd be in love with me. Mm. I don't know why. Like, it's based on nothing. Mm. I just think that, I just think he'd be into it and I can't really, I can't really explain it. Mm. But on the new album, some of the lyrics... Questionable. ...are insane. They're actually insane. I'm now going to try open my phone again. <laughs> there we go, the song played. Um, she had big tits like Billie Eilish, but she couldn't sing, drip. What? That was a little yachty. Oh, I feel like I'm bi because you're one of the guys, girl. Yeah. What? What is that? They say love's like a BBL. You won't know it's real until you feel one. <laughs> what is he doing? Like, what do you mean love is like a BBL? No, it isn't. It's not like a BBL, Drake. It's not. Maybe when you're that rich. I just think Drake really needs to just like stop like BBL and Drake it's like they're right next to each other mm. all the time like mm. just diversify your your vibe mm. like we got to stop thinking about BBL's Drake there's more to life I just always remember that story about Drake when he came to New Zealand and he went to Ponsonby did he? yeah so he went to Ponsonby and he had breakfast at this cafe like just a normal cafe went in there and had breakfast and Drake paid for everyone's breakfast because nobody came and talked to him. And I just imagine, like, all these old 50-year-old ladies in a Ponsonby cafe, and Drake's like, yo, thank you for not bothering me while I had my breakfast. And all these old ladies are like, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank, well, now you're bothering me having my breakfast. Yeah. Like, like, what is this about? <laughs> I just remember he's like, yeah, nobody bothered me, so I paid for my breakfast. I'm like, I, don't, I think you picked the one place in the world where nobody knew you, dude. Like, <laughs> That's, I mean... But it's like, like, I just think Drake does a lot of embarrassing shit. Like, yeah. loves like a BBL. You don't know what's real till you feel it. Like, get a grip. But anyway, if you got any favorite Drake lyrics from this latest album, we'd love to hear them. Shoot us a DM. We'll read over through some of the best ones like later in like- the week. I was fortunate enough to fall ill on Friday. And I actually thought, like, in my defense, I genuinely was like, mean. At least I'm sick on Friday, because we worked from home on Friday, and I was like, I can probably rest up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, feel a bit better on Monday, maybe work from home, be good by Tuesday. And I'm not great, but I'm better. You sound a lot better. But Friday, Saturday, Saturday, you know, like, I I was almost excited at the prospect of just staying home, watching movies, and playing video games. Like, I was like, oh, cool, a weekend of nothingness. That actually sounds really enjoyable. No. There's only so much Netflix you can watch. There's only so many video games you can play before the Cabin of Fever sticks in, and you're just like, I just want to be free. Yeah, I feel you. I really lost my mind in lockdown. I really lost my mind. Mm. I can't. I can't be locked in, man. I gotta be. I gotta be out in the mm. streets, man. I gotta be let loose. I did all right in like lockdown. Like genuinely, like during the first, not nah, during all of them. Like I was quite excited. I think it was because I'd just been working so much that it was just like a nice break like almost i was very fortunate to be in the position i was in where i worked through lockdown and things like that yeah um but i i kind of felt it was like a good i mean you had to make the most of it right so i was like oh okay i'm gonna consider this a vacation i actually did okay but i think the the last one we did where we did like something like six months a hundred that one was starting to get 15 days yeah i was like 
because I, th- I think I more so than anything else was like, I just miss my family. I just want to go see my dad, you know? I was like... I just remember all my friends in Wellington. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just having fun, mm. having birthday parties, doing what... Gatherings like, oh. of over five indoors. They're like, oh, are you still in lockdown? I didn't even know. I'm like, mm. yeah, I'm still in lockdown. Like, mm. I, like... I was so lucky, genuinely. Like the flat I was living in for that really big one was huge, and it had a pool, mm. which like you know never had a pool in my life before that. Loved it. That kept me sane. Mm. But in saying that, being alone in a giant house with many rooms by yourself sounds real cool. Mm. But then you start doing it, and you realise why like celebrities go crazy. Mm. It was real Bojack Horseman. Like mm. I was like in this house, like I hate this, I hate everything, and I was really paranoid. Um, but in saying that, though, I'm a real homebody. Oh, yeah, I am. That's why I thought I'd be all right while I was sick over the weekend. But it was just, like, it was devastating. Couldn't even do walkies. I think that's probably the worst part, is at least, like, during lockdown, I could go for walk. I, like, I, for two years when we first got COVID, I didn't get sick. I didn't get COVID. What? I think I got COVID 2023. I got, yeah, COVID. I got COVID last year, I think. No, this, yeah, last year. So I, like, and, and for those first two years like i didn't even get the flu i didn't get a cough or anything it's what like are being, you made out of staying inside was like great like because i mean they were saying too that because we were like isolating from each other like we just weren't passing around the flu and stuff like yes, that that's true so like i didn't get and now like this year i've been sick like four times mm. and i'm just over it i didn't get covid for like ages i was mm. really doing well and then my boyfriend gave it to me and that's what you get that was like when I got my job. That's when I came in for the interview. Was that the first time you got COVID? That was when I didn't think I had COVID. But you had. COVID. We're not going to get into that though, because that was that's my B. I came up negative, but it was hindsight's twenty twenty, guys. Hindsight's twenty twenty. What's the longest you can stay indoors now post COVID? Like, what is the longest period of time that you think you could stay inside without completely losing your mind? Let us know, because I got to be honest with you. I think it's. I think it's. After one day is okay, but I think when you start pushing the second day mark, I was a bit like, oh. <sighs> yeah. Free me. Yeah. It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. New music. I'm so bad at introing stuff. <laughs> like, I feel I feel we delegate that quite well because it doesn't come naturally to me. But anyway, it is new music. Uh, we did a double local this week because there was, was too much too good mu- stuff. And we even didn't get to put all the stuff that we wanted on. We tried to limit our numbers so that, we, that all the artists that are there on that list get their moment to shine yeah um and there was so many it was actually really different like so much new music came out on friday it was kind of unreal i don't think people get how hard it is for us to pick all the new music for the post really stressful guys it, 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 it actually, it actually we've had be. debates like, like it's, yeah. it's a whole thing um but we got enduna on there it's our um featured artist of the week long time supporter of tahi very excited yep. to see enduna on there long time listener first time caller mm. you know one of those uh we got kenzie from welly and poetic no hype it's a good one mm. uh janine saved me i don't know why i keep saying it janine i don't know why janine maybe it's janine well maybe it's janine I thought it was Janine. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> then we got Sella, a new song from them, Hans, and Who Shot Scott back with Buggin, which is my personal favourite on there. Uh, also in our second slide, you can see AP, what it is, where it at, Lepani with Someday, ART Music Baby with WTF Man, Tyron with Only One, Abby Christo shouldn't be doing this, and Imperial April with Sunlight. All of these 10 records have been out. No, actually... One, two, three, twelve. Twelve. We get twelve this week. All of these twelve records prepare for local trouble. Make it double. Uh, all streaming 24-7 on www.tahifm and on the Tahi list streaming now on Spotify. Get amongst it. Add that Spotify to your favorites um, and enjoy some of the fresh tunes we've pumped out. Joining us on the show, our illustrious third co-host, Waimirirangi. Oh, thank you. A little theme song. Mm, mm. I was going to do a news theme song, actually, but then I didn't think of one in time, so I just sang your name. But yeah. everyone imagined that I did that. The, okay. Kim, the Kim Possible, like, dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's yeah. Waimirirangi. Yeah, yeah. sound effects. But yes, yeah, so we have brought you through <laughs> to talk about some news. Yes, okay. So you might have seen on our Instagram, um, there's a little post out there about the mayor of the far north, 
Moko Tepania was awarded one of the world's top young politicians at this like global event that happens every year with um what's the name of the people who run the one young world I think they're called yeah young one <laughs> <laughs> I can't find the name of the event, but anyway, <laughs> it happens every year, and basically they pick, like, people, there's there's a few different awards, but he was awarded one that is focused around, um, like, getting young rangatahi engaged in politics, mm. um, and he was already well-known in New Zealand because he was, like, one of the, he is the youngest Māori mayor of the far north district, like, ever. Mm. Um, and he's so humble, like, when he got the award, he was like, oh, yeah, he was telling Nathan Daridi on um, the show earlier this week, I think it was, on Nationals, RNZ Nationals First Up, he was saying, oh, yeah, I just thought it was a spam, eh, when the email came through to tell me that <laughs> I'd been awarded, and he's just, like, so humble. He's like, I'm just doing, like, what I would expect anyone else to do, which is genuinely listen and genuinely care about, like, rangatahi issues um, and just normal like issues and yeah I think it's really cool that he's like been given this special award and that he's so humble about it and he's like on his Instagram post he was like this thing is legit guys like because he's still like (laughs) blown away that he couldn't believe that he's been selected for this award and he gave a really cool acceptance speech and he talked about um making mokopuna decisions which i'll read out something he mentioned so he was like make intergenerational decisions for our mokopuna our grandchildren and those who inherit the world after us it's only right that we include youth in the decisions that we in these positions of power hold today and i'm like yeah yeah how to the yeah yeah it's it's one of those things that i'm very grateful for when we have young leaders yeah because i think that they have a they represent our youth so well and just just really uphold those those values that young people have. It's so cool to see him uh, walk away with international recognition. One hundred ninety plus countries get invited to this thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people on that list to choose from. Mm. He's only thirty three. Girl, like he's already doing so much. And I think you were saying like there's stories that like because he's still studying as well his masters in education, and like he wasn't. There's stories like. Being the mayor wasn't like his, was he wasn't like planning on it, but his whanau mm. kind of were like, come on, do it, like you know, yeah, <laughs> do it. And I, I th- read somewhere as well, like he was gonna like be a butcher or something like that. Like mm. this just chill fella ends up being one of the like top leaders in the world. I do top love leader. a reluctant leader. I feel like <laughs> re- those people who are like real good at it, and everyone's like, you do it. You take the reins, like you make it happen. I feel mm. like those people are always so slow. Yeah, because like I'm like me, who's like I'm the best. <laughs> put, put me in charge. Mm. It's like I'm never gonna get anything done because also like I'm not that smart. So it's like it's a double whammy. But then there's those people who are like, I didn't want this. It just fell in my lap, and I'm gonna do the best I can. It's like mm. I'll pop off. Like, so we already know that Evie would want to be mayor of Wellington. Yeah. No, I'd like to be mayor of the hut. Actually, just is there the a hut. separate mayor for yeah, the I hut? Think so. I swear, I swear, if I have to lower hut city, it's a different city. Okay. It's a different city, okay? Mm. It is only 15 minutes down the motorway, so don't get me wrong, I understand the confusion. Own, it's its own place. It's its own place. And people in town are mean to people from the hut, so if that's what I'm saying. That's true. Who yeah. would you like to be mayor of? Um, oh, good question. I'm too scared to be mayor. It'd have to be like a really small town where there's only like a population of three people. Then I have less people to manage. Tipuki. <laughs> Tikuiti. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the name of the event, I found it. One Young World Summit, which is basically what I said. I that is, that yeah, is exactly what you said. What you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dogs. Weef, weef. Throwback. Throwback. Weef. Anyone? An Anyone? An Australian dog for those Real fans remember, remember. Real fans remember. Um, we've been thinking about dogs a little bit and also thinking about uh, like cartoons we watched as kids. We got into a bit of a yarn about it the other day and I was thinking about a, a classic, which is Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, For those who don't remember, Clifford the Big Red Dog, it's about a big-ass red dog called Clifford. Huge! When I say big-ass dog, I mean his dog is like bigger than a building. Like, he's huge. And the whole idea is like, she loved him so much... So he grew really huge, and now he's, like, bigger than a building. And look, I know it's a cartoon. I know it's for children. I know it's not real. 
but it just wouldn't work having a dog the size of a building. It just wouldn't happen. You'd have to put the dog down. People put down dogs for far less than getting the size of a building. Mm. You know, like we're hearing the news every now and again. Even the other day I was reading an article and it was it was about people who want pit bulls banned. Mm. And I don't really have an opinion on that because I'm not a dog owner. I have been attacked by a lot of dogs and that leads me to think a giant one the size of a building? Like, mm, I don't know. And it's Clifford's really nice. He's a nice dog. He's well behaved. He's a great dog. Loves his family. They love him so much. He got really big. But what happens if tragedy strikes? You know, what if the family were to all, you know, like in a horrible event, like a cyclone, a car crash, something terrible? Like they're gone now. They passed away. We're all very sad. The dog goes crazy. Like going around everywhere, size of building, Godzilla situation. Now it's a Godzilla situation. Now what are we gonna do? SWAT teams there, armies there, helicopters, helicopters. Mm. Like the dog, like that. Like what if it gets rabies? Mm. I think probably the worst part about Clifford is you couldn't just take him to like Middleway Beach and leave him there. Like people would be like, oh, that's the big dog that like Holly down the road owns. Yeah, there's only one of them. There's only one owner for Clifford. You couldn't just abandon it. I also couldn't abandon Clifford because he's a good boy. Yeah, what if he farted? Size of a building. Like, I just, honestly, I can't get my head around it now. Like, I really liked that mm. show as a kid. But now that I think about it, I'm like, I'm actually really scared of Clifford. Like, mm. I actually think, like, that's a terrifying situation. Like, Yeah. When I was a kid, though, I used to think that, like, my Nana's dog was Clifford because he, like, seemed so big to me, like, as a baby. And we used to ride on his back Cute. and things like that because he was so big. Poor what was his name? Was it Dan, bro? <laughs> no, I was like three years old. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yeah, I forget his name. I keep wanting to say Greg. Greg. I don't think that was it, though. Well, R.I.P. to Greg, man. I wish dogs could live forever. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Clifford, he's a ties of a building and now he's immortal. I mean, we're, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh my god! I actually, have one more thing. I can see you're just so over this conversation, but I have one I more. Like, I don't like the anti-dog rhetoric. It's, I love a dog. I'm just not a dog person. Sue me. Everyone gets so weird about it, and it's like I just don't catch, don't like them that much. I've got a giant scar on the inside of my thigh from a Rottweiler trying to murder me. Like, just not the biggest fan. Like, I'm a cat person. It is what it is. The other thing I just thought of Clifford being that big Godzilla situation. Mm. What if he get? What if we put like a microchip in him, and now he's a weapon of war? Now you're sending him into cities to like smash buildings down, like that, and like gets like. What if he's our greatest defense against Godzilla? I didn't actually consider that. Now you got me there. You really do got me there. Mm. What if Godzilla shows up and we don't have Clifford to fight the Godzilla? Now we've got a classic Godzilla yeah. try deal with it, just shooting its legs, getting nowhere. Earth's guard dog. Yeah, that's actually no. It's a really good point. And you would be able to sleep with all your doors like unlocked and wide open if you own Clifford. No one's breaking in your house. Well, yeah, that's true too. But where, like, where are you putting him? Where are you, what, are you going to move into Eden Park? Keep him at Eden Park? Definitely can't live in Auckland with Clifford, eh? No, <laughs> no. You'd have to move to the Chathams or something. Yeah. And then how are you getting him to the Chatham anyway? No, people would definitely... You had a dog in Chathams the size of Clifford, you're definitely... The neighbourhood community meetings are going to be all about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Using rubbish bags to pick up his poop. There's, uh, look, let's not get into the details. I just would like a big dog. Just like that idea. So our next guest is The Movement. Uh, for the record, we did record this like two weeks ago. Um, and we've been sitting on it for a little while. I wanted to drop it when Move dropped his latest album, which is on the way. He does mention this in the interview, but um, I think he's had a bit of a hold up on it. But I wanted to spin it out regardless. Me and Move were talking about it. I think it's a great interview. I think he dropped some real insightful knowledge. I'm very grateful that he took some time out of his day to it all with me and sign my machete. Uh, so without further ado, here is my interview with The Movement. Today is a particularly special guest. This is somebody who is a not only pioneer of the music scene, but a scene in particular that I love so much being hip hop. A proud representative of our community as Basfika in Aotearoa and Otara in particular. Um, somebody who also has done so much for the music scene, but also our community. Um, somebody who I really uh, respect and, and, and look up to. Uh, I'm very grateful to have him in the studio. Our illustrious guest, the movement. <laughs> Appreciate you also. It is such a, like... Last time I got to interview you, bro, I went home and like, was like to my missus, I was like, 
Bro, you would never believe who really, like, got it. It was like, you know, like, you're, like, yeah. up there for me, man. Like, oh, um, bro, that's massive, man. It's huge. It's, 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 it's so, it's such an honor to have you in the studio. And, and um, like I said, you know, your history for some people who may not know. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I, I, there's a lot of history you could go over, but maybe oh, uh, just a brief summary. Yeah, I'm the movement. Uh, born and bred in Otara. Experienced a lot of life. Uh, New Zealand-born Simon as well. Born and bred in Otara, well, uh, been in the industry for quite some time, I think 20 years plus. Mm. I feel like an old fart now, so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah uh, what I do for my community, I just, uh, I'm a, like a drug and alcohol counsellor, um, just out here just trying to be a life mentor for, for our kids, especially our babies here in, in our lo- local areas and stuff, just providing platforms and workshops for our babies just mm. to keep them distracted. So, mm. yeah, got a few accolades underneath my belt, landed on the Fast and the Furious, yeah. Hobson Shaw. So, yeah, I've done a bit. That was that was such an unreal moment was when I heard that Master was going to be on the Fast and Furious spin-off Hobson Shaw yeah. soundtrack. I was like, bro, what was it like when you got that call? Man, it was quite interesting because I got an email. So none of my team was aware of it. So I got this this email from Universal uh, in California, and I just thought it was one of those spams, like yeah, the other yeah, spams yeah. that you get. So, you know what, I, I just looked at it, and I'm like, man, this somehow looks a li- little different than the other emails we get, you know, the spams. So I thought I'll forward it to my team, and I told them, you know, just have a look at this. Mm. I don't know where if it's a spam or if it's legit or what. <laughs> Let's, I just need the confirmation. So they did what they did, came back, they ran it through and got at me and said, it's legit. I said, wow. So quite, uh, it was, yeah, it was an experience uh, because I've learned a lot during that process because um, um, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't realize that a lot of songs that make it onto movies don't land on sound uh, soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not everything lands on there, and also it's quite a process. So um, during that time, it was a learning experience. I got to. Uh, bite my tongue for for six months and not say nothing you <laughs> yeah, know man. and it's quite hard because everyone always comes up to me and asks me that question like mm. got any new music yeah yeah dude and i had that and i'm like ah, oh, soon <laughs> soon so that's all i could say until that time um once they gave me the okay i had everything i had the massive rollout getting ready to do that and you know and they just gave me the thumbs up that i could let everyone know and when i did the feedback was insane. Mm. Like, um, I think just because of the people knew where it come from, and also the the fact of Polynesian people being, you know, being acknowledged in you know movies as well, it was just a a great experience, really. It was yeah. a. It felt real close to home. I think for me, just because like my family, my um, my grandfather's brother ran like a panel shop in Apia. Yeah, yeah. And seeing the panel shop in the movie, movie yeah. and then someone music playing, and I was just like. Bro, this is so good. So good, eh? Like, and and it's something I'm very grateful for you because I was thinking about it today, actually. Like, I've told you many times, Mm. like, graduated is a record that speaks to me on a whole nother level. Yeah. But I thought about it. I think you may be the first and only artist to talk about that experience in its entirety. Because people make mentions to it in songs, but I don't know if I've really ever heard somebody tell that story. Yeah, you're right. I'm probably the first one to talk about it, but it was quite common back in the day as a as a threat or those if you were playing up. So if you were playing up, um, our oldies will probably threaten us to send us back to the islands where uh, you know you get your privileges being stripped off from you, and uh, we didn't know what they looked like because we had been raised up in this this you know foreign land, mm-hmm. and you know you get to discover all these things. But uh, the song was pretty much I lived it. You know, I lived through it, um, and also uh, I knew a lot of people who lived through it as well. So I practically just explained, uh, just told our story, really, and and how different it is because, you know, back in our back in our day, a lot of people who fly over from the islands, you know, it's quite hard for them. They, they go through these anxieties of coming into mm-hmm. a foreign country, and when they come here to school, they get laughed at because they don't know how to speak English. And then when I fly over to the motherland, and I'm from here, they laugh at me. Because I don't yeah. know how to speak Samoan. Yeah, when you said that the other day, I was like, bro, you're so right. Like, yeah. why, why are we making fun of our cousins who don't speak English and yeah. I don't want to be made fun of for not speaking Samoan? Ex- like, exactly. It put things in perspective yeah. for me, dude. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a story that I've I lived myself and I think just hearing mm. a story that I recognize and related to in such yeah. detail was just like, wow. Like, yeah. like, like wagging school and up here to go get food. Yeah. And, um, and I think I was the only... And the thing about in Samoa is that if you are in Samoa, like, they really love their school. 
Like, mm. they love schooling. They go to school. There's no wagger. Yeah. So I was the only wagger in Samoa. <laughs> like, literally. No <laughs> lies. It's that bad. Like, if I was wagging school, like, elders will point this out and go, hey, you're supposed to be at school. They yeah. knew straight away. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and realized I was the only kid that was wagging school, that was skipping yeah, school. So. They, they're so proud. Like, even if they don't work, like, you know, like, they're staying in school. Like, yeah. that's their place to be. Like Yeah. Very thought, smart, very smart yeah. people. Yeah. You know, even yeah. out there, you know, survival as well. Man, I felt really, really stupid being around them. But it's just because the language barrier. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, like, I... Sometimes I get confused jump-starting a car, but I watch my taxi driver pull up and pull my car battery out of my car, put his in, jump it, take his battery out, and put my battery back, back in. in. And I was going, gee, I would never have thought to yeah. do I was like, this is ingenuity at its finest, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, it, yeah, you're right. It's such a humbling experience. Yeah, yeah it was. You know, I, I, it was quite tough at the time when I was over there. Um, you know, I missed my fried chicken. I missed my bakery. You know, I, I, all these things got stripped away from me. I forgot what ice cream tasted like. Like, that's how bad it was. So, um, truly, truly grateful. Like, uh, I got to hear all my um, parents' stories of how they lived. And I used to think, you guys are dramatic. Like, you guys didn't live like that. But guess what they did? <laughs> and I went back and I, I ate like them and I felt... You know, I had a different uh, perspective when mm-hmm. I came back. I had a whole lot of respect for my parents when mm-hmm. I came back. Um, I understood everything, and uh, they were grateful for that, you know, for sending me away just to learn about these things and and see what they went through. Mm. Yeah, so truly a blessing, eh? It's a, yeah, like I, what I thought was my father casting me away because he didn't love me. Right. I learned very, uh, like I, two years down the line, I went, even actually when I returned, I was like, I don't think I've ever been grateful for my own bed. Right. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, bro, sleeping in a, in a folly with eight other boys using my shirt as a pillow, pillow? you know? Yeah. Like, bro, you come home, you're like, man, I'm lucky. You know? Yeah. I'm grateful to have influences like you in our community, or like, mm. especially in Ōtara, where we need all the help we can get. You yeah, know? yeah. And usually, it's the, I think the thing that breaks my heart the most about Ōtara is we have to rely on Ōtara. That's right. Like, people who are already coming out of the mud mm. where the, the it's people like yourself who have to turn around and go here i'm gonna help you out yeah rather than other people also looking at us and going man they need a hand like, that's let's right give yeah. them a hand you know all tata by all tata like, city like uh yep. you know that that record taught me a lot about all tata but mm. in all tata in particular you do music therapy you able to yes. talk a bit about that yes uh so i'm in a lot of schools so what i do is teach uh a lot of our kids in all tata about uh therapy and music because with with me uh Music sort of saved my life. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but uh, for someone like myself to come out of Ōtara, it actually allowed me to see outside Ōtara because mm. there's a lot of people that live within the, the city that's never experienced outside Ōtara because mm. the anxiety levels that our neighborhood faces is quite insane. So, um, yeah, just, you know, uh, I just teach kids uh, therapy, the, you know, how to write music with their hearts, mm. Not get caught up with what the new fad, the new fad that's out there now, and the, the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just writing music, you know, that sort of resonates with what's going on at home mm-hmm. or what's going on at school, and how it could help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I teach kids from primary school all the way up to high school. Um, so the overall goal was to sort of touch base in uh, all the schools in my hometown. You know, I wanted to be that person of influence. Like I said before, you know, I can't be just doing music. You know, I wasn't, you know, I was a, I was a gang member at, at, a, at one stage of my life. But now I want to just want to influence all our babies here in our local homes, at schools, and just want to be involved, you know, um, and just try and guide them and try and capture them because they could be distracted just like that. And, and things just all go left. So I've just, yeah, just trying to guide them create this music therapy classes and just keep them distracted. Um, I teach them how to go through the industry, uh, you know, the process of writing music, um, holding them accountable as well, like, you know, making sure that everything is truth to them. Mm. Um, And also just going through the process of, um, you know, how much that song has changed their lives and hopefully it can change somebody else's life as well. And just trying to find some sort of solace in, in their songwriting. Mm. They're not getting caught up with 
what other people think of them, you know, but just being comfortable in your own skin. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey, and the kids, they love music. You know, I'm from Water. Yeah, you bro, either, yeah. You know, you either pick up a mic or pick up a ball. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of talent out in this little small suburb that I live in. And I just want to be there. I just want to catch all the, you know, all the creativity around. You know, I just want to be there and just try and support them as much as possible or even put them in the right paths, really. We are obviously catching up just as big as a big fan of you. But uh, you do have some new music on the way. Yes. Long time coming. You've been working Mm. on this for a little while. Yes. Five years, maybe. (laughs) Five going on to six. Five going on to six. But, you know, we're on this level. You know, it's uh, it's about creating timeless music. So if you also release it 10 years later still relevant and mm. still powerful and yeah looking forward to dropping this new album man uh hearing having heard like one or two of the records bro i, I think you i think I'm so excited for this man it's a, <laughs> like i'm not gonna say anything about the music because it's a, i think i think this is gonna be one that people just gotta sit down if yes. it's on experience it that's right beginning to end like don't just listen to the singles beginning yeah. to end just like take it all in um that's right yeah i'm looking forward to it man. yeah just the whole body of work so it's one of those albums like you can listen to it now you can listen to it three years five ten years later you can bring it back it's one of those albums that's got a whole lot of life in it mm. so you can uh you can always return back to the album if you go through certain parts of your life. So it's not just a, an album you can just enjoy now. It's an album you can enjoy whenever whenever and, you go through these motions. And where can people keep up to date with you and when that music is releasing? Where's the best place um, I'm on I'm on social media, mainly on Instagram. You can catch me under Sabiru God, the movement on um, on Instagram, or you can catch me as Sabiru God, uh, the movement on Twitter as well. Uh, music will be all on all digital platforms. Also, yeah, will be everywhere. 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 We'll make sure you get some links to that. Thank you so much again. Appreciate it was you, such brother. Such an honor to have Thank you come you. through and, and share your corridor. It's a, you're a wise man. I'm grateful that we have men like you in our community. Oh, brother. bless, brother. Thank you. Again, so Move has told me that he still has new music on the way. It's just got a bit of a delay. It's coming. Don't worry. Make sure to follow Spell God on social media to stay up to date with that. And he might sign your machete too. Over the weekend, we had more Rugby World Cup. As you'd expect we still got a few more weeks of this, and it is fast becoming something that's absorbing our every day. And I, for one, am happy with that, except for how Pacific teams were treated over the weekend. Donga is now out of the Rugby World Cup. Mm. But they haven't also had many opportunities to play as an entire team. I think they've been done really dirty. Fiji played valiantly, but unfortunately did not cross the line. However, they did manage to get enough points down to progress. Uh, I believe they actually progre- They made one- by one point or yep, something like that. Yeah, by one eh? point. They're in the quarterfinal. They're mm. playing England in the quarterfinal. And speaking of England, Samoa played England over the weekend, and it was atrocious how the Manu Samoa were treated. I have felt like since the beginning, Samoa has been done really dirty, but this was just terrible. I mean... What happened? So there was a try that Samoa made. They kicked the goal... And then the referee decided to pull the point afterwards, which is, from my understanding, against the rules. If they want to pull the point, they have to do it after the try is made and before the kick is made. So it was a weird, and it was like a, for a, a nation that doesn't get to play so many games, who really only come together when it's time for matches, they don't get tests. They played so well. And for them to be treated the way that they were treated by the officials was just devastating, especially for a nation like Samoa, who, if had given their way, would have beat England. And I just wonder if the the, the officials just didn't want that kind of upset. Because if Samoa had beat England, England would be out, and Samoa would continue on through. And that would be huge. That'd be awesome. It would be amazing. John Campbell, who is one of the three pillars of life in Samoa, God, family, John Campbell. For real. uh, Wrote a really incredible article talking about how 50-50 calls often go both ways. And usually it's quite fair. They're 50-50 for a reason. They go to one team, they go to the other. But this time he said that Samoa had been on the bad end of 50-50 decisions 
too many times. Mm. And uh, seeing someone like John Campbell write up an incredible write-up about it and really get into detail was really special. So thank you to John Campbell. Shout-out to John um, Campbell always. And a lot of other rugby commentators that have been discussing this matter have really felt like the Manu Samoa was done dirty. And this isn't just me being biased like as a Samoan, but like it was really disappointing to see how they were treated considering how well they played. Big shout-out to our Pacific teams. Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, uh, it's incredible to see you where you are, and regardless of how you were treated, we're all very proud of you, um, and I don't know, here's to next time, you know what I mean? Yeah, we've got next time, we're in the quarterfinals now, mm. we've, got, uh, we've got some 4am wake-ups coming in, this For is Fiji. when I get in, this is when I start, yeah. I don't get into the quarterfinals mm. because I can't handle it, it's too stressful, like, mm. I don't even, I'm not like a big rugby person, but as a New Zealander, I like it when the All Blacks win, and mm. I don't like it when they don't win. You know, it's just, it's it's just in my soul. See, that's why, because like for Pacific Islanders, it's like our teams usually we we're only watching these early ones because we very rarely go through to quarters. Do you go so, like um, support Samoa through and then pick the All Blacks at, like later, or is I, it sort so, of like, like a, a both the whole way through? I mean, like I want the All Blacks to do well. They usually do though, right? Like they're the best team in the world. Well, um, we're we're playing, but Ireland. They'll be, a, they'll be a good one. They'll be a good game. Oh, it's so stressful. Wales, Argentina, that's going to be huge. Then there's England and Fiji. I'm, I, you know what? If, it, if there's anyone that I want to win this year, it's Fiji. I'm rooting for Fiji. They they really deserve this. Like, I, I, if the Manu and Tonga are out, then, uh, boy, I'm putting everything on Fiji. Mm. I really hope that those boys can, like, push through. I'm going for New Zealand, um, but then if we lose, I will then go for Ireland or anyone but England. I'll go for whoever beats England. But I don't want to support France either. That's fair. That's, That's like, oh, every time. Like, I just... I just, I just don't... I just don't want to. I'm just going to need the All Blacks to win is what mm. I'm going to need. I'm going to need them to just win the game. I'm just going to need that to happen because... Oof. Evie's got Maltese. Yeah, Gonna get upset, guys. <laughs> Speaking of uh, if uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog was like real and became a weapon of war, um, yesterday in the office, Waimarirangi and I were just I don't know chilling, working really really hard, like real really hard. really focused on on what we were doing, and ended up looking into the Defence Force fitness standards. Um, I don't actually remember how we got on this, but we were on it for a while. Yeah, we were looking at. Defence Force, we had a little look at the police course, like fitness outline, the firefighters, but we really got stuck on the Defence Force. We got stuck on the Defence Force for a while, and the reason is, uh, when you go on their website, there's sort of a standard there of how fit you need to be to be accepted into the Defence Force. And we thought, and someone is going to hear this and immediately start laughing. We thought it seemed a little easy. And we were like, mm, mm. So for for a feet, like, it's different for a male or a female, uh, what the standard is, but you've got to do a beep test. Um, you've got to get, uh, the minimum will be 5.09. Satisfactory is 9 or 7, depending on male or female. Now, I think the beep test should be banned. Yeah. And I refuse to talk about it any longer. So the next one um, is there's uh, curl-ups. And for a woman, you only need to be able to do eight press-ups and 40 curl-ups to be a, a satisfactory, acceptable standard. Mm. Seemed a little easy to us. Yeah. I actually gave it a go. Yeah. Well, actually, I went for the high grade. Can't remember what the number is. High grade for strong would have been uh, 15 or more. Yep. Did it. But my technique was off. But I was like, this is doable if I, you know, if I still got my technique right, it's doable. And I'm like, so if I can do it, does that mean I'm cut out to be, like I'm physically cut out to be a soldier? These little limbs, these lanky little limbs is going to save us. You'd be an amazing soldier. Like you'd be there on the front line and you'd be like, oh my God, don't. (laughs) Can you guys stop? Can we just talk about this? Can you guys have a Pepsi? <laughs> oh, no. Um, but we spent ages on this. We definitely think the fire brigade one is the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but since I was never going to try it, and I don't know anything about fitness, and I'm never going to do it, and I don't care what you think about that, we also asked Harry to give yeah. it a go. And he's here with us on the couch, Matua Harry. Um, tell us about your fitness journey of trying to get into the Defence Force hypothetically. Well, I have realised that I was measuring to the female standards now. Um, 
So there's that because I remember eight was what I was making sure I could do press ups wise. But I think I, that's the minimum, right? The minimum. The minimum. Might be the well, minimum yeah, for, for, a, man. for a man, you'd be for eight, you'd be above the minimum. Oh. Yeah. But you wouldn't be at satisfactory. I tried to. I tried to do what I think they'd crack down on the technique. I was talking to Soto Malo about it before. Um, it's about keeping your arms kind of just out from where your body lies, so that you're using your body to do it as much as you're using just like the pump. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I, I agree with you. It was. Not as hard as I thought it would be. The one thing I didn't do was the 2.4 kilometer run. Oh, yeah, I didn't do that. I was looking at the times for that, and that is actually seemingly quite challenging. So for a male of my age, um, I would need to do about 12 minutes 50 for my uh, 2.4K run. I run, when I'm just running, I usually run about 6 minutes a K, so that would put me at... Uh, more closer to 14 minutes for that um so i'd have to speed up um quite a bit if i was to to meet that threshold i think the thing that i was thinking about when doing it is i think they're checking for if you're at a base fitness level so that when you get into basic training you will be able to then be coached into yeah, yeah you won't just like vomit and super yeah. athletes and, i think yeah. they have i feel like after the assessment day which is what the, that's what we're talking about I think they have like more tests after that oh for but sure still for like sure. eight push-ups for assessment how far is eight push-ups going to get us in the, if we go to war <laughs> well we're going to need the clip <laughs> of the big red dog baby. yeah it's a whole thing on the front lines but firefighters oh, yeah, yeah. No. oh my god God, they like to just become a firefighter. You have to be so fit, so slay. I feel like that's why they do the calendars because they've put a lot of work yeah. in. You got to show it off. But they have to do like hose reel pulling, which is like really heavy. Simulated ladder extension, which is twenty eight kg weight. And then you have to like pull it and then hold it for seven seconds and pull it again. Then there's a stair climb where you've got to go up and down the stairs twenty five times, carrying eighteen kgs of additional weight. This isn't even it. This isn't even like a quarter of it. There's a hose carry, another stair climb, horizontal horizontal haul aloft. I don't even know what that means. But there's aloft? a picture of it and it looks really hard. Then they've got to drag like the weight of a human body. Yeah. Mm. Then they've got a general strength endurance test, which is grip strength, deadlift, press-ups. Then you've got to run. Like, shout out to the New Zealand Fire Service yeah. because they yeah. are in the gym. The grip test? I didn't even know that was something you tested people on. Yeah. How yeah. much grip you've got. I guess they got to make sure they're holding on to things. Tight. Yeah, if someone's falling on, and yeah. you need to pull them up. Pull them up. I've the... actually been gaining a lot of muscle in my hand uh, okay. from all the power washing that I've been oh, doing yeah. now for Water Blaster. And um, if, funnily enough, it's like different on each hand now. My right hand has this like fat, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, like muscle on the thumb. Other one, like nothing useless but maybe i do really well in grip strength yeah but i could not be a firefighter yeah my uncle is a firefighter i think the thing maybe people don't know i feel like it's a little bit of common knowledge but a lot of our fire um force is volunteers i know majority yeah. of it um, yeah. very little um full-time positions in the fire force so um yeah to pass those tests and to do it all kind of a community service essentially is really cool literally running into a burning building yep literally running into a burning building like could you could you i don't know i mean we didn't say yes right away the answer is no girl Mm, like damn yeah shout outs shout outs to to everyone but also oh the reason i just wanted to bring this up because i think it's fun is uh if you go on the defense force website they have a new thing called force fit where there's like videos and training and stuff and it's like a little program like a little six week challenge that's like based on military training so Mm. if you're a real like hard out trying to get that summer body I reckon it was kind of mean I'm not going to do it obviously Um, definitely not yeah no yeah Probably not as well, no, sorry. Probably not, yeah. All right, that's about all the time we have for today's show. I might have turned my light up a little too bright. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so we were like, I was looking at the lighting, I was like, man, I think my light's a little dark. So I pumped it up. And You're glowing like an angel. I um, I really appreciate that after I, I mean, I wash and condition my beard every night, but um, uh, when I put beard oil on in the morning, it glistens. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's a really nice. nice, nice feeling to sort of glisten. And then I put the rice water on, like I have rice water in a spray bottle, and then 
Oh, that's nice. And I exfoliated and cleansed last night. Look after yourself, man. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to go get a manicure pedicure. Oh, do it. I just got my nails done. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about getting them painted or anything, but I just I just feel like it would be, like, relaxing. Get a midi pity. Yeah. Manny yeah. pity. Sounds sick, yeah. honestly. And then I might go get, like, a massage or something like that. Do it. Oh. Hi. Hello. Oh, Harry's here. It's payday. Oh, it, it is, is payday. payday. Thanks, Harry. And off he goes again. All right. Kakite. Bye, Harry. Um, I can't okay. wait to... <laughs> Good to, it's good to have him pop in. It is Trust payday. me, Harry. We didn't forget that it's we payday. It's payday. I'm, we I'm... are well and acutely aware that it is payday. All right? You've got to pay these bills. I'm in a really singing mood today. I've been singing all morning. Mm. Can you give me a song to sing? I want to get it out of my system. Wafa um, Futai by the Golden Nullies. I don't even know that one. Okay. Um, just a BTS song. Go for it. Um... <laughs> Chomp, it's gonna be in my head all day now. Nice. I'm just on a real thing with John Gook at the moment. Mm. I don't know if anyone's caught on. I don't he's know why. BTS? Yeah, John Gook from BTS. He's he's on his little solo career right now. He had that song with Jack Harlow, and it's like oh, that's right. weirdly horny. Harry's showing me. I can't read it. I can't read it. You don't know what that says, dude. I Nobody can read your handwriting, just, and that pen is terrible. I can't, I can't read what it says. Yeah. Oh, sway my way. That was really hard to see. Mm. Back to John Cook, though. Um, he's killing it. He started TikTok. He's dancing. He's got a weirdly horny song with Jack Harlow, which is like always funny when K-pop stars do that sort of thing because they're so not accustomed to it that mm. it always comes off like a bit awkward. Mm. But like, shout out to John Cook, man. Love that kid. Going through his emo phase still. Nice. Love it. Huge. Uh, one time, actually, I don't know if people know this, uh, one of my favorite things in... in K-pop history and music history mm. is uh, BTS did a dance cover to um, Limp Biscuits Rollin' many years ago and uh, this was the beginning of Jungkook's emo phase uh, as real fans will know it's been going a while uh, but they obviously didn't know what chocolate starfish meant just saying is... that it's a butthole oh yeah oh, that makes sense anyway so they did a Rollin' dance cover it's awesome to be fair like it's very cool they're all amazing dancers but like it was just kind of funny and I, I just like the idea of like BTS sitting around listening to Limp Biscuit. Let's just, go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I just can't get the I like. Sorry, we mentioned payday, and I just remembered I went to the countdown. Um, I mean, I went to the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, they got rid of baskets, so now you have to get a shopping trolley. There's no more baskets. I feel like we'll talk more about this on Thursday. What but yeah, they got rid of baskets, baskets, and then mangoes were nine dollars. I know. Look, I think I'll save that yarn for Thursday. I got a lot of feelings about that. But, look, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning on in. We really appreciate you. Big shout-out to the movement. Grateful to have that interview on today's show. Um, And uh, as we always say, um, I feel like I'm bi because you're one of the guys. (laughs) 